Welcome, welcome back, everybody, to the 90s Mixtapes. My name is Pat, joined by my lovely co-host, Jen. Hello. And we just got over a uh, household COVID infection, which I thought we left that in 2020, 2021, Mm-mm. 2022, no, it's, it's still here. 2023, but apparently no, it's still happening in 2024. Clearly not. I was sick for like two weeks, man. It was rough. You, you're, you're just kind of coming out of it now, right? Like a week and a half? I'm at a week. Um, it's not great. Today's a week, but like, I would say today's the first day that you actually seem like yourself again. Yeah, we've been trying to get in here and record this before the end of the month. We're actually recording it on a day that only happens once every four years, so it's super special. We're recording on a leap day, so we're still getting it in in February, but it won't be released until March 1st. (laughs) Now, we are going through and discussing the movies, because that's where we're at. We're at our movies episode. We watched two movies this month, Eight Seconds, as well as... Reality Bites, which one of us had seen each movie. So that worked out pretty well, right? Because I had seen Eight Seconds. Oh, yeah. You mean prior. Yep. And you you did seen Reality Bites. Yeah. So when I was a kid, I saw it on TV. Absolutely. It was okay. on like, let's say, Stars or HBO or one of those shows. So I knew that that's like I knew the ending, which I mean, we're going to spoil did? a person's life story. Yes. I seen the movie. Uh, because you kind of seem surprised by the ending. No, not really. No, I seem surprised because... When you watch something when you're, let's say, like 11 or 12, and then you watch it as an adult over 35, you're kind of like, I'm seeing a different film here, right? Like, I'm seeing something different. Also, when you're looking for things versus, like, it's just something that's on TV that you're watching, and you're like, oh, wow, the guy's, like, riding bulls. This seems pretty cool, right? It seems, I don't know. We'll get into it when we talk about that one. You should have seen my face when he said that riding bulls seems pretty cool. I mean... No offense to all you, uh, bull. How many people in our listening audience do you think are bull riders? No idea. Like, do you think any? Can you let us know? I gotta imagine Like, if you're out there and you ride bulls, like, just please. Becky left the chat at gmail.com. I need to know. And that, like, I'm not judging. I just... I gotta imagine that either everyone rides bulls in our audience, just everybody, (laughs) or no one, because it's such a small thing. Well, we know... A couple people that listen to this podcast that do not write bulls. No. So if it's all or nothing. Well, hopefully we they watched Eight Seconds. But let's jump into some of the movies that we didn't watch. So we didn't watch Ace Ventura Pet Detective for a rewatch on its 30 years. Now, the reason we didn't is I saw this movie. I believe I actually saw it. I want to say I saw it in the theater. But I might not have. But I saw it a lot as a kid. And I know I saw Ace Ventura 2 in the theater. And I was like kind of horrified when uh, with the elephant scene. Or the rhino scene. I think it's the rhino scene or something where he like is like birthed out of like a rhino. I haven't seen it in so long, but I do. Yes, yeah, I remember that scene. Ace Ventura too. When yeah, nature calls. Yeah, it yeah, was a lot. But I, I remember seeing Ace Ventura as a kid a bunch. That was a show that played a lot on TV. Um, I just wasn't. I just really wasn't feeling like rewatching it. Right. I just kind of didn't. It probably had a lot of '90s ish tropes to it, but it, it it's it's you know obviously Jim Carrey was on Mad TV, and this is when he's making his like meteoric run. He was on yeah he was on Mad TV. Jim Carrey he wasn't on SNL. Why are you looking at me like no? He wasn't Mad TV. It was um, it was the other one. It's the one we talked about. What the hell is it? <sighs> Sorry, I my brain. <clears throat> 
Oh, in living color. In living color. Oh my god. I'm like, what oh is it called? Oh my god. Wow. True. Yeah. I'm like I, Mad I, I TV. Complete, I'm like he was in a living color. Clearly, COVID brain because I had complete. Yeah. Because I'm like I'm like going on the I'm like he's on Mad TV. This is gonna be a wild like, episode oh. of us not no not thinking of words was, and saying the wrong shit. He was on a living color. <laughs> this character seems like kind of like a cross or like like a like a younger like wilder version of like the fire marshal character that he played. Yes, I think that this is a. I feel like it's a hard movie to rewatch, and we didn't rewatch it, so that's not really very fair. But yeah. um, it's just so outrageous, and it really appealed to like. I, did did you like it when you were younger? Because I did. I thought it was funny. I at thought it was this funny moment. when I was a kid, and sometimes with comedy, we've talked about it before. Especially yeah. you know every time that this kind of stuff kind of comes on. It's got to be something that hits you in the right mood, and a lot of it is situational, right? So it's like if you, I feel like this brings me back to being a kid, and I'm sure it's cringier now, especially the stuff you know, and how they portray the detective. I remember she's like, uh, she's actually like a man, but then they portray her as a woman. You don't remember this? You don't remember the big reveal at the end? Um, you remember Finkel and Einhorn? Finkel and Einhorn. Finkel and I Einhorn. Have, Finkel yeah. is Einhorn, and then like half the okay. police force like are vomiting because they're like, "Oh my god, we made out with her, or slept with her, or whatever." She's like making out with everybody, but really, I so mean, like, I it's hope just a if lot. you sleep with someone, you're aware of what making out with them. I guess making um, out, with them, I should say. Yeah, I totally forgot about that, mm-hmm. but now that you say it, I mm-hmm. haven't seen it since... Courtney Cox was in it. I haven't I seen it in probably 25 years. Dan Marino was and... in it. Isotoner Gloves. I remember all the things. Like, I remember all the beats, so I'm kind of like... Look at you. Look at... Oh, yeah. I remember this movie. I wonder if you've seen it more than me, or if you just... I, you just remember things. So, from, like, I would say the summer of 94 until probably the summer of 99, I'm just straight up a kid that if any movie is released and put on Stars, Encore, or HBO, I've seen it. So that's why this is my wheelhouse of movies. Because, like, in the summer, when I'd be home from school, like, I know we've talked about it. Jen's an only child. I have an older sister, younger brother. So at this point, like, when my parents are at work in the summer, I'm home, right? Like, my sister's watching everybody or somebody's watching everybody. Like, there's no question about it. Like, I'm home by myself and I'm just glued to the TV. My, my parents aren't there to tell me oh, yeah. anything, so yeah. whatever it is. 90 summers. Yeah, Hell but yeah. you know, but that's how it is. Like, So everybody's different. You know, you might have been hanging out with friends, might have been doing whatever. I was just watching TV, maybe go hang out with my cousin some days, and like that's it. You know, the days I hung out with my friends, I feel like a lot of what we did was watch movies. Mm-hmm. You know? Because, I mean, we're going to get to some of these other movies that we're going to talk about, like the Empire Records of the World and like all these other movies as they come <sighs> down the pike. Like, I've seen them a million times. I, think, I feel like it's 95. My friend was just texting me about that movie, um funny about like, i would say like last week and she was like you know i'm rewatching this movie and i am just i feel for joe he just wants to run like a good, a good record store record store Leads and like i've never like re- like i relate to the adult in the movie now mm-hmm. you know and that's and that's i haven't seen it in a long time though so i don't know I you don't know, know and to kind of put a bow on age venture like i watched it so much as a kid that i think it just would be hard to watch it as an adult because i just feel like as an adult if you're not into that humor <laughs> And I kind of aged out of the it's Jim very, Carrey humor. It's very juvenile. His... Uh, quickly. Yeah. I, I aged out of it. I, it's, it's not even that's juvenile per se. It's slapsticky. And the problem with slapstick humor is that if you're just not into it. You know, like when I watched like, let's say the Three Stooges. And my uncle used to watch that. My grandpa used to watch that. Like they used to watch, they used to laugh at it. And I, I never laughed at it. I didn't think it was funny. So it's just one of those things that that slapstick, if it doesn't Same. hit you. My dad like loved the Three Stooges and um. 
Yeah, same. Like, like I like. He, could, he would like die laughing, and I'm like, eh. I like. I like Ace Ventura. This is slapstick, but it's also juvenile because it's a lot. Of, it's like fart jokes, slapstick. Oh, yeah. So it's not Dick fart jokes, like silly things. Like but... I don't think your grandfather or my dad would laugh at. This. No, no, no. I, well, I was gonna say it's not just that. It's also like it, it, he's playing a character, and and then I also think like I think later on this year the mask comes out, and like I did not like the mask. Like, that one did I did not I. like. But it's the same, like, it all so... the same kind of like humor. So you really so have to be over like the top. You, you have to be into it, and no shade on Jim Carrey because I think it's really really funny. Like he's really funny, and he's like a really good actor now yep. too. Like I feel like him and Adam Sandler both like were able to be their own version of funny, and then kind of like grow into a more dramatic, like good actors. What was your favorite Jim Carrey movie? I'm gonna tell you right now. Because I uh, this oh, era I know or in yours. general. My, I, yours is, is Cable Guy. Of this era or in general. Well, like of this era, like I, if you want to say Eternal Sunshine, I'm not counting that. That well, I was gonna say it's Eternal Sunshine. I think he's just like that's for no. Us. It has to be like a comedy. And it's funny, you know. I'm gonna I'm tell you. I'm gonna tell you that Eternal Sunshine. Remind me to talk about it again. When we talk about reality because I love the Truman Show, but I wouldn't count that. No, but I I would. I I, I mean that's part of all mm-hmm. this. But remind me to talk about it when we talk about reality bites because I want to talk about that. Um, Eternal Sunshine. Yes. Probably. I mean, probably it's Ventura. But I just didn't really want, want to rewatch it because I really I liked, liked that liar, other liar. things. I did not see. I didn't like that. Liar, liar was probably my favorite one because I just the idea that he can't lie and just but just blurt out bullshit like or like the truth. It, that to me, like I could probably still laugh at that movie. Yeah, I mean, but it also feels more like a real movie. Like he's a real guy with like a real child and like real relationships. Where like Bruce Almighty. Ace Ventura is like a cartoon. I'll say Bruce Almighty. Okay. If we're just gonna talk about like his comedy stuff, okay. probably Bruce Almighty. Now that I think about it, I like Bruce Almighty. It was silly. I liked it. I think Steve Carell is a bad guy. I liked it. And it was in like the I late 90s. I haven't seen it in a long time. Morgan Freeman's God. Yeah. No, I remember. I saw it. I think I saw it in the theater. And then I remember it was fun. I remember the funny scene where I he's just like, I'm going to answer everybody's. He's like, I'm going to answer everybody's prayers. So he lets everybody win the lotto. Wait. <clears throat> you just said prayers. Yeah. Because my voice is. <laughs> but so he lets everybody win the lotto. So then the lotto was worth like a dollar. So everybody like riots. Because everybody has a winning lot of <laughs> I don't remember the beat yeah. of it. That's funny. Well, it took place in Buffalo and didn't look like Buffalo. They just like said it was in Buffalo. And I just, I knew people that, you know, were from that area where we went to college. And it was just funny because it, I remember specifically that part of the movie where they just are literally like, oh, hey, yeah, um, everybody wins the lotto. And the world, like society starting to crumble because the lotto was worth nothing. Like, how could everybody win the lotto? It doesn't make any sense. And that was like his lesson he was learning that like, you know, to be God, you just have to kind of listen. You can't just give everybody everything that they want. Right. Yeah. That was a whole idea. Like you can't just do everything you can. You have to. But that's a story for another podcast on another day. Ace Ventura celebrating his 30th anniversary for those who celebrate. Also Dumb and Dumber. Probably Dumb and Dumber. And I would rewatch that again. Just the, the base See, I can't, level I, can't, I don't know if I could do it. I mean, I would watch it, horrible. but I just think it's dumb. Like, I remember thinking it was done kind of back then. Like, I was kind of like, this is just... A Dimension film. Now, now it, you might not know Dimension films, but they were like a distributor in North America. And I feel like they were like... They were like a... Not B-movie, but they kind of made like action movies that were a little like... You know, just like you saw them at the video store and you're like, you know, like you're like your second tier kind of movies ish. There's a movie that came out called Gunman, which had Christopher Lambert, Mario Van Peebles, Dennis Leary, Kadem Har- Hardison, Patrick, Sir Patrick Stewart and Sally, Sally Kirkland. 
Mm. Um, you know, again, just like not even not even like B movies, but just like movies that are like just not like maybe didn't come out in the theater and have like a huge, 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 huge release. It was like a smaller picture movies that they just don't really make now. It would just be like a Netflix show where they'd be like, we're going to do a six part thing. Or I guess Netflix maybe kind of makes some of these movies. There's a movie called I'll Do Anything that came out. Uh, it was a comedy. We did not watch it. Mm-hmm. There was a movie called My Father the Hero with Gerard Depardieu. Oh, I've seen that movie. That movie is weird. I think I've also seen that movie. It's like she pretends that he's her boyfriend. Something strange, yeah. She's like, like interested. There's like a boy there that she's like interested in. And for some reason she pretends that like her dad is like her man. It's like, I guess it's based because I went down a rabbit hole that because I saw the... um. I saw it on the Wikipedia and I was like, oh, I feel like I've seen this movie. It's with, uh, what's her name? <sighs> what the hell's Catherine her name? Catherine Heigl. Yeah, with Catherine Heigl. And like, yeah, I remember seeing that and being like, this is sick. Because she's like <laughs> literally pretending her dad is like her man. There was a movie called Naked, which I mean. But it's based on like a play. Like it's like a, yeah. a French play or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Naked? Yeah. Um, okay. Cannes movie. Called Naked, you know, premiered at Cannes. People liked it. It was a movie. Romeo was Bleeding. Uh, another one of those kind of, this was a Gramercy Pictures. So again, like, like I think of more like, you know, I think like Warner Brothers would do like, you know, like a big time, big budget, huge movie. And these are like kind of smaller movies. But Romeo was Bleeding. We almost watched that. It was like an action movie. So we didn't watch it. It stars Gary Oldman. And it was like a cop action movie. So we didn't. Um, movies that I have a hard time watching, which... I mean, this was the movie that I was seeing as a kid, right? It was Blank Check. Do you remember that movie? Like a Disney movie? I don't think I've ever Blank watched Check. it, but I remember it, yeah. It's just like a kid that just writes himself like a check for like a million dollars or something. Or 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 like... he No, he's involved in a bike accident and this guy just gives him like a blank... Somebody gets a blank check and he fills it out for a million dollars and gets a million dollars. And it's just like, you know, it's a kid's movie. Movie The Getaway... Starring Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger. I remember this movie. Mm-hmm. They're like running, you know. I remember that existing. I'm Bonnie and Clyde-ish type comedy. Yeah. My Girl 2, which I'm out. I was out on one. I'm out on two. You've never seen My Girl? No, I've seen it, but I'm out. Like, I'm out. I, I wouldn't watch it again. We you almost... can't see without his glasses. I know. Oh, my God. We almost watched Blue Chips, which I enjoyed that movie. It was about basketball and stars Nick Nolte. But it also had Shaquille O'Neal in it and Fernie Hardaway in it. Um, a bunch of different, like, basketball-ish type people. Ed O'Neill was in it. I remember just watching it. That would be on all the time on, like, Stars. Bunch of college coaches, bunch of stuff. It was about, like, college recruitment and about how Nick Nolte was, like, uh, kind of like a Bobby Knight-ish type character. Like, a fiery college basketball coach. But then, you know, he gets to the school and he realizes that there's a lot of corruption that's going on. And uh, he gets involved in it a little bit, kind of, but then feels bad when he's buying his players, right? And you go and buy Shaquille O'Neal. Now, having said that, the movie, 30 years old, is kind of completely outdated now. Because there's been so many scandals of college coaches buying players and giving them money that they shouldn't give them. And now they're at a point that they can, that you can give them money. So now it really doesn't matter. The whole point of the movie of just, you know, delivering money and giving people money and stuff. It's well, it's time capsule right? It shows a hundred percent things used to be. On Deadly Ground? Mm. Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> That's mm. all you need to know. 
legendary Steven Seagal movie, however you feel about Steven Seagal. And finally, Sugar Hill, which was um, the second film of <clears throat> Barry Michael Cooper's Harlem trilogy, and focused on two brothers who are major drug dealers in the New York City neighborhood of Harlem, specifically in Sugar Hill, starring Wesley Snipes. Again, this is one of those movies that I, I find a little harder to kind of bring you along for because you don't really like. Well, it also those sounds kind of like a sequel if it's a third movie. No, 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 no. It's like it's kind of like um, it's like the idea of uh, like I, I just saw Shaun of the Dead, and so like that director has like a, like a trilogy of movies. It's like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and like The End of the World that are all supposed to like connect. Like the oh, director but they're not has a vision, trilogies. right? Right. <laughs> Similar characters, similar actors. The director has a vision that connects it together, but different characters, different settings, different stories, but they all, you know, the themes connect together. Uh, and I don't like to kind of drag you along on those. I feel like, you know, there's enough movies that we could both kind of agree to. So the two movies that we did watch, I'll start with the first one, Eight Seconds. So what did you think Eight Seconds was about, Jen? Um, I mean, I thought it was about cowboy things. I didn't really... I mean, I guess I knew it was about bull riding. How did you feel about it, watching um, it? <clears throat> I didn't realize it was based on, like... Oh, I feel like my voice sounds insane. <clears throat> Sorry about that. I didn't realize that it was based on a real story about a real guy. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that. Multiple real guys. Because Tough, Tough Heidemann's a real guy. Cody Lambert's are there. All real people. All professional bull riders. Um... Yeah, I didn't realize it was a true story until I started watching it. And then, like, I think you told me when you watched it that it was like, oh, you know, it's like a true story. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, which made me a little more open to it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still don't care about bull riding. It's fair. I still don't really like it. Okay. Um, I mean, much respect to all y'all out there that are riding bulls. But, like, I just kind of think it's unnecessary, dirty dangerous kind of mean but it's a culture that i'm not from and i don't really get so uh with that being said i thought it was a good movie i thought the acting was good i liked the complexity of the characters and that i really and this is about the movie and the characters in the movie not the real people because obviously it's you know a dramatized version of what happened but i was real mad at lane frost i was like you're going to go out here and, like, not even kiss this woman for however long, and then you're going to just cheat on her? Like, you're going to go from being the prudest little boy ever to just, like, banging wild ladies left and right that you don't even want to look at? Like, I was really, I was feeling a certain sort of way about Lane Frost, and then when, um, I realized how young he was, I was like, oh, wow, like, they were really young when they got married, like, 20 really maybe, young. like, 1920. So then I did feel differently after that. And it's like, you know, um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I guess it's just to run down the movie is about Lane, who has a dream of being a bull rider. And he appears to be the only child mm-hmm. of his parents. and grows up in Oklahoma. And so he rides bulls and he gets really good at it. And he becomes a champion bull rider. Mm-hmm. The I'm champion sorry. of yep. bulls. And he meets... Kelly, who is a horse rider mm-hmm. in the rodeo scene, and she did not want anything to do with bull riders because they are bad boys. Um, 
It's true. And they fall in love and get married. And she travels with him a little bit. And then he buys her a ridiculous trailer to live in on her parents' property. And then but, but, he cheats on her a million times. And then she has a fun night. But I was like, man, I wish that she cheated on him more if he's going to cheat on her a lot. But then they seem to get back together at the end and be happy and like stop cheating on each other. And then um, he falls off a bull and the bull like rams him with his bullhorn into his rib and his rib breaks and punctures his heart or his organs and he yeah, bleeds to death and he dies. Um yeah, so it's sad. He was only 25 when he died. Yeah, I mean it's um but that, that, that was part of what I was going to say to you when you're like, "Oh, we got our trailer." I'm like, "Yeah, but like when you know, you know, because the attachment you have to some of these characters or, you know, to Luke Perry specifically, like the reason that we wanted or the reason I was like, "Oh, hey, oh, eight seconds." I remember seeing that as a kid. I remember being like, "Okay, like you know, it was a biographical movie, so you can kind of, you have to kind of take those for what they are, right? Especially at this time, like, this is a real person, and this is a, these are real events that happen, so you can't, you know, it is what it is, right? And I thought it was just interesting and compelling um, watching it as an adult, where you're like, oh, that's so, that I, I thought that was really cute, because, like, what would a 20-something-year-old do? And then, like, when they're riding together, and yeah, he's gonna, like, is... build her a house, and he's like, yes. I'm gonna build your house, and build a stable, do this. It's like, yeah, but because what would a 24-year-old do? do? He's not 50, They do right? really show that he, like, in the movie, they do go out of their way to, like, show that he really loved her, and that she really loved him, and that mm-hmm. they really did love each other, and I think that's, whether that was true or not, I mean, they really portray it that way. So... And I think the main thing about the movie is really the relationship between him and his father. And yeah. the father just never gives him approval, never gives him enough love, never says he's proud of him. It's always like, well, hopefully you can be the champion for more than a year. Or like, you could come in better than second place. You know, that kind of bullshit that, you know, those kind of dads do. Well, I was going to say, you know, I was reading about it, and part of what I was reading about it, just kind of some of the lore, some of the backstory, they were trying to kind of make it be almost like a, like, you know, because Karate Kid had a moment, and... Um, who's the other one that I mentioned had a moment? Oh my God. I, I, cause I can't find the article that I read out, but it was like, they were like karate kid at a moment. And even like, I remember the movie, the cutting edge came out, like all these weird kind of sporty type movies where they're like, Hey, we want to make this like mighty Ducks. bull, bull road, a uh, bull riding. And so you watch it and you're like, as a kid, as a young boy, I'm like, Oh wow. But I also like inherently knew like, that's just kind of, like, a really wildly dangerous thing, right? Yeah. You just knew that. Well, they're so, wild animals, you know? Right, but to, for people to continue to do it, I mean... But, like, I just don't that. understand why. And, like, this is not a bull riding podcast, so I'm not going to go off on a tangent. And also, like, I know a lot of people like it. Like, your mom went to a rodeo with her friends mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Um, so I know it's a thing. I think I went to one when I was little. I don't, I don't know where I was, but I feel like I did. I just don't understand. So I'm pretty sure that part of a lot of the things that have to do with a rodeo is more historical than anything else. Where, like, historically speaking, you would be bringing, let's say, all the cattle and horses and stuff, like, to market. So they'd be all, like, in a place. So then you'd have, like, an event because they'd all be in a place. So you'd have, like, a rodeo. So I think that's part of what it is. You know, it's, like, it's not the same at all um, in, in a sense of, like why you're doing something but it's a cultural thing like running of the bulls and stuff like they're doing that and then they're gonna have bullfighting right so it's the idea that you're getting them to an oh, area that have the bullfighting. 
Yeah, but it's also like part of like a cultural celebration oh, of like a feast, I think, too. It's like a whole, so it's a whole thing. Like they're bringing the bulls yeah, to go down into like, so you're like. I didn't know what that was like a precursor listen, to bullfighting. anyone that goes to the running the bulls gets what they deserve when they get trampled. Like that's, it's just that simple, right? Yeah, you know, I'm out on bullfighting. This, yeah. I think, is more like they're all there. So you're kind of like showing off and you have like yeah. a. Po- and so I get that there's like a, um. An art to it, like a. I'm saying it's less circusy. There's and an more, athletic thing to it. I, yeah. I, I get that there's like a, a sport involved. Like I, I don't not think that that's true. Also, I just don't really understand like what the point is. Because I know they'd also have like cat. I think like like at rodeos they have like calf. Like you like um you know uh, lasso calves and like yeah. do all sorts of different stuff with horses and it's more like. You know, like a, a show, a display, and I would imagine too. You're like, look at this bull. This bull is is huge. He's big. He's strong. Like, so he might help you if you're trying to sell him or something like that, right? Or stud him out. Kind of similar to almost like horse racing. Kind of like it's just these not ancient but older pastimes that you have that you yeah. just continue to kind of keep along. So I mean, it's a rodeo for me, not necessarily for me. But I know that people, you know, historically yeah. do like I me. Mean, I'm the same thing with like I'm, you know, similar to like a monster truck rally or something. Like people like that I stuff. People just, are into that stuff. Like, like it's just not for me personally, because I feel the same way about monster trucks. I know a lot of people like that, um, or even like uh, like NASCAR stuff. Like that's whatever people like that. That's great. You mm-hmm. know, just because we're not into it doesn't mean it's not great. But for the thing about bull riding for me is I just feel like it's not really nice for the animals. Like, they're not having fun out there. Like, this is not enjoyable for them. Like, they can get hurt, too. And I think for me, it's just a hard barrier to get over. Like, I feel like you're exploiting these animals in a way. And, like, I... I'm an animal lover. And, like, I might, you know... it. Whatever. It probably just is what it is. But that's kind of the thing for me. That's like, I just don't like it. But I am totally fine with your opinion on it. I support you and your opinion on it. I, I know you and, you know, I've known you. It's you're, not bullfighting. I'm not like no, angry not about it to that level. No, 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 I'm just no, kind of no. like, guys, we really started to do this. Like, is it really necessary? It's not like we're bullfighting where I'm like, yo, if you want to be a bullfighter, go fuck yourself. I don't I don't care what happens. And but, it's just a straight way to feel. That's how I feel, though. But I think it's also part of this where you where you could see. I mean, like, if you... it's inherently dangerous he multiple different times he was either thrown <sighs> off and got hurt and well, that's and the got thing too it's like man so sad dying. 25 yeah. you know so i enjoyed uh re-watching it yeah. recommend it if you see luke it perry on was great. or watch it luke perry was great and that was really the main draw here was i knew the story so i knew it was safe like i knew like there was nothing like no bulls were gonna die on screen or something it wasn't gonna be anything like that <laughs> that's that jen would be me. upset with <laughs> but also i was like oh this is luke perry like luke perry has luke when i think of the 90s and i think of tv and stuff like that i think of luke perry now did you know you know a show called northern exposure i do well cynthia gary is in northern exposure so she was in that for five years so she was another like tv is star. that so the, there was two, the woman that played yeah, kelly yeah so the two of them like together you know are like two kind of tv ish she i should play like a beauty queen on um northern exposure so it's funny she did kind of like i was like i feel like i know her face but i don't know yeah, why probably like northern it, exposure yeah. i didn't really watch a i ton didn't of northern either exposure. but i've seen i've seen it once or twice i kind of want to watch it so i, I always would get it confused people are really into it with that and like um like maybe we should watch it because it runs from 1990 to 1995 so i mean we could yeah, still jump into it we should. but i get that confused or i did when i was a kid with like twin peaks and you're like no, me not too the same thing. they're not the same thing no, remember when we watched Twin Peaks? <laughs> I do. That um, was something. Anything else you want to add here on this one? Like it's 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 an it's a biographical movie, so obviously it was made in in not obviously, but 
the family signed off on it. You know, the, the principals signed off on it. So where the truth lies, who knows? I mean, this could just be straight. This is just what it is. Yeah. Beat for beat or not. It could have been a little bit, you know, different. It could be a little dirtier. It could have been a little edgier. Well, it's also you know what you have an hour and a half to tell this story. Like, there's going to be more. Whether it's more good, more bad, more neutral. Like, it's not going to be the whole story. Because it's not a long enough time to tell a full story of a person. You know, um... But yeah, I thought it was good. I wasn't mad that we watched it. I was like, oh, you're making me watch this movie. And then I was like, no, I'm glad I watched this movie. So I will say, uh, and I think we both kind of did. It was strange when he passed away. Oh, yeah. We really need to talk about that. Like they just didn't. I feel like there was I feel like there was a scene of somebody holding him maybe or something a little bit more dramatic. But I understand it was real. So you can kind of just take it for what it's worth. It literally (laughs) Was like he got knocked off the bull. The no, bull. he got off the bull. He, he completed his ride. He got okay. off after the eight seconds. So he dismounted. Like he dismounted. And then the bull turned and came at him. Right. Which, like, that's what happens when you ride a bull. Like, you can't even be mad at the bull. Like, the bull's just Mm-mm. being bull. But, like, so that happens. The bull comes at him. He falls down. You see his wife in the stands, like, like run to the thing. His friends run to him. By the way, that was not true. His wife was not there when he died. Uh... And then literally the next scene, it cuts to a coffin. And I'm like, what? what? It, it escalated what? quickly. And I cry at everything. I've cried at commercials. I will cry at a b- books. I cry at songs that sound sad. I'm watching this and I'm invested in these characters. And I am just looking at it dumbfounded. Like, oh, okay. Bye-bye. Like, I, I didn't feel emotional at all. So I really think that... Um, I guess it's both just filmmaking back in the 90s and also, like, they really missed the ball on that one, you know? I, I do think so. Because at this point, you, do, you don't you do dislike his character, you know? Him and his wife are back to like, they're happy again, they're back together, you feel good about it, and then boom, you, th- there he is in a coffin. It's like, oh. Yeah, it's... Okay. It's strange. <laughs> it, it It's a choice. It's definitely a choice. The other movie we watched, we watched together. Now, I hadn't seen this before, Reality Bites. I knew who was in it. I knew it was uh, Ben Stiller. I knew it was Ethan Hawke. I knew it was Winona Ryder. I did not know, did a deep dive, did not know that Danny DeVito was a producer and, like, his company helped produce it. I didn't know that either. Did you know that Janine Garofalo was in it? I did know Janine Garofalo was in it. Steve Zahn? Steve Zahn was in it. That I didn't know, but, I mean, I... You know, once you looked at it, but yeah, Danny. So Danny DeVito's production company made that, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, Jersey Films, which, believe it or not, it claims that Jersey Films also produced um, Eight Seconds. So, really? Yeah, I think because I, huh. I thought that I thought it said Jersey Films on it. Um, actually, let me double check that as I'm looking because I might be able to find that. Uh, maybe I don't know. But it definitely says that, well, I, I mean, I know that Danny DeVito was involved with Jersey Films. I knew this was like a seminal 90s movie where everybody was like, this is like the 90s movie. This is like the Gen X movie. I knew those things, but I just never really, I yeah. just didn't see it. I wasn't really compelled, never really got compelled to see it. I remember the soundtrack because that was kind of all over the place as we've talked about. It was about. good though. It was so 90s. Well, as we talked about on the music side, like soundtracks really still a thing. Because you can get a whole bunch of good songs Loved on them. one CD. Love. I didn't have this one though. I don't know if you did. I didn't have this soundtrack. I feel like my I feel like my sister did, and we might have had it on tape. Like I think we had it on tape. Okay. Yeah, I didn't have this one. But, but... I, I didn't. I, 
I like the movie. I, I didn't know Ben Stiller directed it, which I thought was really cool too. Yeah, it was cool. It was his first movie he directed. Yeah, I, I thought he was really good in it, and I thought he played. I thought he played of all the characters. And I know it's kind of on purpose, but I think he really did play the most mature character. And I felt kind of bad for him in a way, because I just think that he he really played and I resonated the most with his character, I think, movie. Now, obviously, we're not Gen X kids, which is why I want to talk about Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. Well, we're not Gen X kids, but we are. Oh, we're elder millennials. We're in that gray area, but. Area, Ugh. we're in that gray area between Gen X and Millennials. So we, I do feel like there's a lot of Gen X sentiments that I do, I, I do like resonate with. I would agree, and a lot of this movie, I do feel, you know, and I even think of like Empire Records. Like I feel like that's almost like my, like you feel like it's like yours because you were there. But the reality, and you know, reality bites. The reality yeah. here is they're college graduates, right? So they're trying to figure out where they go from there. That's I wasn't even in junior high school yet, so no, I could see them. And but a generation usually spans about twenty years. So, but yes, we are we are technically millennials. I'm just so, so talk, I mean, again, you're seeing these characters smoking cigarettes, and you're seeing these characters drinking coffee. I wish coffee, we counted the amount of cigarettes. And you're seeing. I mean, there well, there was the one scene where she's just sitting there talking like to the psychic friends hotline for days and days and days, and you see these kind of things. Like, I'm a kid, so, like, I, you know, believe it or not, I was told smoking was bad while everyone around me was smoking. So, it's just one of those things that, like, if you watch this movie now, if you're not familiar with what smoking was, I mean, smoking was definitely a thing. Walking around, smoking, having a couple of, like, that was a thing. Smoking, talking, yeah. you know, having coffee, that was a thing. It was even a thing when we were in college. Although, you know, they're in diners and places smoking. I think they're even in, like, a hospital. Was this the one we watched? They were in, like, a hospital smoking? You're like, you could smoke in a hospital? Like, yeah, he's, yeah. like, in the waiting room or, like, the hallway of the hospital. His dad's sick and he's, like, smoking a cigarette. Yeah. She's at work smoking. But uh, but I was going to say, you know, I felt like Ben Stiller's character in this movie, like, you felt for him the most because he was in between, like, six worlds. He was, like, trying to be an adult but also still trying to be, like, free-spirited and be like, I'm still cool, but then, like not really getting what her vision was like he didn't understand her he wanted to understand her he wanted no. to be cool but he didn't understand her vision and pitches her all her tapes which then get destroyed by the by the um by the production company which again makes sense because that's they just created this smash i think it was actually called smash tv right like i think that's what the name of the network was like they just clash tv sm i thought it was smash but they just created this like smash TV thing where they just threw all the shit together and then they're like, look, and they, they were like kind of mocking them. And that's obviously not what she was attempting to do with her documentary. I thought Winona's Ryder's character was tough for me. Uh, watching this for the first time, I was like, man, you just seem like a fucking hot mess, like an absolute hot mess that needs to rein in something in your life. Ethan Hawke's character, I thought he definitely looked like he could use a shower. He did. He did. And he did. <laughs> I kind of, I can take him or leave him. Uh, I didn't identify with him. Sometimes I watch some of these movies and I can think of myself as a kid looking up to those characters mm -hmm. and being like, oh, I'd aspire to be like that guy. Like, no, he just kind of, you know, I, I think that's part of the, the good part of this movie for a lot of people is that they can just kind of see themselves or remember or reminisce about yeah. that idea. Having that platonic friendship, 
that like college platonic ish friendship that turns into something different or there was always something different that was I think there, there was always something there. With yeah. That, it was never really platonic. Um, no, but that was like, you know, having that's that, the point of having that kind of the point of the movie. That kind of thing in a big city and like that environment. I, I can't really necessarily relate to that. So that's kind of why his character I was kinda of like funny you say that. Because I orbit. feel like you and I were friends for five years. But that's after college. Okay, this is after college. I get it. We were we no, but they were co- college. clearly college friends because, like, when they're at that dinner. Yeah, I can't relate to that either. And, and they're there, right? I'm talking about through their college experience. Like these two have clearly been connected for a while, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, they've been connected before they got out of college. Because once you're immediately out of college, that's when you're kind of like, okay, what? Literally, what do I do? Which is kind of the point of this movie. Like, how, what do you do? You know, Janine Garofalo's character is like, I just fell into the gap as a manager, right? And Steve Zahn's character's like, I'm just trying to come out and just, you know, live my truth, right? In the 90s when, when it was difficult. Winona Ryder is just an intern making, like, no money, right? So you have all these different things where th- those are those that's for those first steps out of college. And Ethan Hawke's character is just couch surfing. And but, you could understand it all. Oh, no, yeah. But and, uh, uh, that's me, you know. Yeah. Because uh-huh. if I was Ben Stiller, I'd be pretty pissed that you, like, threw a cigarette into my car and then caused me to cr- crash the car. Some of the scenes are funny because you can kind of see where people wouldn't really know. Like, Winona Ryder's like, I don't, you're going to sue me? Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on, you know? Right. With all those things because you kind of didn't. <clears throat> but a lot of it, it just seemed... But you could tell that I think that they make him so forgiving of her. Not to show that he's, like, into her. But because I think it's really showing that he's a nice guy. Oh, 100%. Like, he's a nice guy, and he doesn't want to sue this girl, and he realizes that she doesn't have anything anyway, and he does like her, so he does want to go on a date with her. But it's not just that. It's just, like, he doesn't want to be a dick. And um, But he's a real person functioning in society. These people are not really functioning in society yet. And maybe people are fucking, like, 22 years old. 100%. I and don't... It's not a bad thing. No. And I get that, like, I remember that 90s sentiment of, like, fuck the establishment Mm -hmm. and like screw the man and screw the yuppies and like we don't want to have to abide by whatever societal standards that they're throwing at us i still have those feelings sometimes about certain things in me like Mm -hmm. i still like you know that stuck with me i really felt that way when i was a teenager i really had that like fuck the man like ridiculous attitude and they all kind of have it i think I think the thing that I found funny about this movie was that when I watched it when I was younger, I, like, loved Ethan Hawke's character. I thought he was so cool. And then when we watched it now, I'm like, man. And I do, my, he does change a little bit during the course of the movie, right? And, like, I feel like he grows a little bit. He becomes a little bit less of a dick. So by the end of the movie, I liked him more. Right. And basically, it's like a love triangle between Winona Ryder's character at Leilana. Yeah. And Michael, who is Ben Stiller, and Troy, who is uh, Ethan Hawke. So it's like a love triangle. She's dating this guy, Michael. Ethan Hawke, it, it, Troy's pining over her, whatever, likes her. You know, he's the same rude remarks about, about Michael. But like meanwhile, he was kind of just like a fuckboy the whole time, bringing home different girls. Well, he's like, like an OG fuckboy. Like an like OG, OG fuckboy. Because he's, he's got that. He's got the grunge vibe, right? He's, he's you know, I'm playing music and I'm he's here in for a the band. thing. Yeah, he's, he's got all the things. He's yep. all the things. And the other thing is he's really smart. Mm-hmm. And he's very smart. But he has that fuck the establishment attitude. 
and he wants to couch surf and he doesn't want to get a real job and he's smart enough to talk bad about anyone who's trying to do anything real for themselves. And I'm watching it and I'm like, oh my God, this guy's attitude is like making me so angry. Like I'm just watching this like, fuck this guy. Like he's just a jerk to everybody. He's a dick to everybody. And like he's living on their couch, using their laundry, eating food in their kitchen, and then also like putting people down for going out and working. And I'm just like, man, you're a dick. Like you but the are problem dead. is, but the problem is, is that, so see, and that's, that's the thing watching this now. And yeah, I'm definitely going to probably rewatch this if it pops up on any sort of TV or streaming things for free or whatever. But, we should have bought it. Because well, I, I do want to watch it again. Spoiler alert. We're, we're going to be going to look for it on VHS because I've already, I've already got some leads to get it for less than three bucks. Um, because <laughs> that's, that's, that's the price I'll pay for VHS because that's what I had to pay to rent it on streaming. But, um... What I was going to say is, like, Ethan Hawke, to me, is, well, he's definitely a lot of black foam, right? Which is, like, that, like, recent horror movie that was filmed here. He's also, like, Gattaca. Like, he's older. So, he's just so much older that when I watch him now as a 22-year-old, I can't see him as a 22-year-old. I see yeah. him as this an older person. This is how I remember him. So, so, how I see him is older, so even watching this, I'm just like, oh man, but then I, you have to remember like, no, he's young and he's young in real life too. So he's, it, it, some of these movies are a little tough because I, I always see them as like so much older, right? Instead of where they actually are. So his attitude is an attitude of somebody who just hasn't finished that next step of growing like up. His dad is sick and dying. Yeah. So he has that going on. Yeah. Like you can understand. He also is in love with Leilana. And she is with this, like, yuppie guy and, like, you know, has made a... Co- the, the beginning of the movie, she makes a comment about how they would never be together. It would never work or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know he's been pining for her this whole time. And she just doesn't even want it. But he's also, like, a dick. So he's too proud to, like, just be like, hey, let's have a conversation. I actually really like you. Right? He's not going to do that because he's too, he's too guarded. He's too guarded to do that. Yeah, because I mean, when they finally do hook up, and the next morning she goes to snuggle on him, he just walks away and he leaves. Right, but then, but then he does come around and and tell his truth and be like, "Hey, this is just really, really difficult, of you know, for me to kind of say what yeah. it is." Now, what I was gonna say is, you know, a lot of people say that this is kind of like that Gen X ish movie. To me, I was thinking about it as I was watching it, and I was gonna ask you and be like, "What movie would be like the movie that you think would be?" elder to like middle millennial and then you just mentioned eternal sunshine the spotless mind and i was like oh yeah that's kind of like that movie because that movie came out like right when i was like about to leave college and like all these other things i think about that movie and i'm like now they were a little older but i just think about i just think about when you're looking at the characters they're definitely gen xers i mean yeah but you're looking at the characters and you can kind of like not relate to them per se but you see the clothes they're wearing the the, their mannerisms and their thoughts and i just thought that was a really good movie that's why i want to mention you know i've only seen that movie like one time and i really did like it and i'll never forget the like montauk in february and that like montauk you know like we're from long island like that's montauk you know um but but it was just a kind of it kind of so sad like that movie just really bummed me out when I saw that mo- it. really that movie bummed you out made me sad the yeah. like the ending of that was like I I thought it was such a great movie because then the end is so great right like they, you... they they okay just refresh my memory they do meet up at the end right but they don't really remember each other because they had their brains washed but then they still connect 
the whole point of the movie is that they had such a bad breakup that they decided they found this, you know, spoiler alert for Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind. This is a <laughs> 20 year old movie. But they found uh, like a company that'll like erase your memories. Yeah. And so then you don't have to deal with like a bad breakup, but then you won't know the person. But th- as they were going through and as he was going through like erasing her from his memory, he realized how much he wanted to be with her. And she did the same like in her own memories. And they both went to Montauk in February, right? They like left the memory and they knew that like they, they knew they realized that it happened and they were still going to try again anyway. Yeah. So after having things. all the problems and all the things and all the issues, they're still like, no, which is just kind of makes it be like, you know, if you love somebody, maybe, you know, you let them go and you end up back there. Right. So I thought that was a really like interesting vibe and it's just a, such a trippy movie. I just remember a lot of the the other characters that were there and the other people and just how that that really spoke to a certain time period. Because again, this when you're watching, this is totally nineties. There's payphone scenes. There's a di- there's diner scenes. People smoking cigarettes everywhere, talking about smoking cigarettes, cigarettes and coffee. Uh, you know, newspaper stands that he got fired from for stealing his stickers bar. We're stealing dad's specific gas credit card oh my god because it's not yeah. even a credit card it's specifically a gas so credit they're like card. going grocery shopping at the gas station she's like pumping people's gas taking to get the money right because it's specifically for a gas with her card, thing right? and keeping the cash yeah i mean it is i think i said to you halfway through this movie i feel like i'm watching a spoof of mm-hmm. a 90s movie about gen xers like if is so, i mean there's aids aids there's, just rampant there's throughout AIDS. the entire movie there's as a like, subplot there's like the the rich this girl the, the rich girl whose parents are like you need to go on your own. There's the the grungy slacker guy who's more intelligent than everybody else. There's Janine Garofalo with the AIDS and the and the sleeping around and the Gap. She works at the Gap. There is the boy who wants, has to come out to his parents. But also, like, also it is perfectly also MTV perfectly, culture. Perfectly looking boy to come out to his parents. Right. It's not like it's not like. He's just typecast, like typecast to be like, yeah, oh yeah, that he looks like straight A student. Like, yeah, like you know everything, just like prissy and perfect. He's not, you know, not somebody with you know purple hair or doing anything. Like it's just, it's just looks like casting one hundred and one for what you would ask for when you're putting together that group, which was funny when then they had the meta con- commentary in- inside of the movie, right? The meta commentary being, well, we're oh yeah, we're filming a, a show about kind of Gen Xers, right? When they mm-hmm. took her movie. You know, because they were, you know, the other thing is obviously they were having a video camera that we're talking about that, a video camera documenting everything, which is the 90s way to, you know, Instagram live everything, yeah. you know, make. And then they tried to turn it into like a real world thing when it was definitely more of like a, not even like, I feel like real world is better, but like well, real the, world the, is than what they turned it into. Mm-hmm. Like it's like an actual like documentary on. They turned it into, they basically turned it into, which is, they were really forward thinking. They turned it into like vines. Right, they turned like fifteen second snippet conversations <laughs> yes. about things and yes. like not smash even grams. TikToks, yeah. like literally no, just no, no. like. Oh man, but I, I don't know. So, did you like it? I enjoyed it. I did. I'd have to go back and rewatch it again. Uh, just probably sitting on the couch, maybe later on a Saturday evening or something after a couple drinks or something, just kind of sit there and because we watched it and we were you know when we do this, we especially at least one of the movies a week, we uh, a month, we really do try to sit and watch it together and talk about it a little bit yeah. and. Watch it at a decent time, you know. Like if I just was on the couch and I watched it, maybe I might get some different feelings. But you know, it is tough because as you go through your life, there are really a lot of movies, and that's part of what all of this is and will continue to be. There's a lot of movies that are really nostalgic that bring you back to a certain place. This movie brings me nowhere. 
because I don't really know any of this, right? In the way that it's portrayed. Now, if we if we rewatching some movies, let's say from the two thousand mid two thousands or two thousand tens, then I could start to get the idea. I mean, you see the idea and the sentiment of youth, and 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 not caring about things that you can understand. But... I mean, I wouldn't say that when I graduated high school or just started college in the early two thousands, late nineties, that just the places you'd hang out and the conversations you'd have and the bullshit you do wasn't too far off for me from like the vibe going on in this movie, you know, and the, like the way people dress and the act and the jobs we had and like the guys and bands that, you know, were around like, it just, it really, it, it does feel nostalgic to me. And I remember watching it being like, I can't wait to grow up and be like one of these kids that are obviously all fucking miserable. If they show me a movie, Right, Jen thinks there's a spider here. There's not. I could. And she's like, look, he's like looking over my shoulder because the way the Billy Joe picture is there, and then the light is reflecting off it. It looks like there's water on it. You're not even in the same right place. Like you couldn't even see it if you wanted to. That was Billy Joe at Woodstock. So what I was gonna say is like, if you show me a movie where people are standing outside a diner smoking cigarettes, that'll take me back to that time. When you're showing me a movie that they're in the diner smoking cigarettes, that's not my life. And so that's kind of where you I You don't remember when line. people could smoke inside diners? I remember, but I was a kid. So you, I worked at a restaurant and people could smoke inside of there. I mean, you weren't like... Yes, but most people by then were already starting to go outside. Again, you can... Look, you can relate to this. Like you said, yeah. you, you feel like you can relate to it a little. You went to college in more city cities, right? And this takes place in Houston. I did not. So for me, I mean, this just doesn't, re- it just didn't resonate and, and leave I just that mean, I'm not even thinking about the city as much as I'm thinking about just being in someone's like apartment or like dorm or I don't know, just house or their room and smoking cigarettes and drinking beer and eating pizza and talking about how much Talking about AIDS sucks. and going, going to get your AIDS. Well, no, AIDS I mean, that, the I thing mean, is that, that, that is that, that so stereotypical. Line. So Terry is stereotypical. You know, yeah. like, so that that whole subplot. And again, I mean, you Hey, know, babe, but good for her. If she's sleeping around. She should get an AIDS test. That's true. That's true. Anything else you want to add about it? I mean, I like I said, I enjoyed it. And I, I would rewatch it. It's not like I wouldn't. I'd, I'd recommend rewatching both of these. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd pay for either one of them. But I, I mean, would definitely pay for a Reality Bites. I don't really need to see eight seconds again. But if it was on, I wouldn't not watch it. You know? Yeah. Now, Jem, on to next month. We talk downstairs. We're going to do four weddings and a funeral in March. Right? Did we come to a consensus on what the last one was? Did we write anything down? Or did you want me to do, uh, have you pick a number? Have me pick a number because I didn't write them down. The three we had in question were, what, the ref, mm-hmm. um, Huxtable Delight. What was that one called? Sucker Proxy. That's what I said. Uh-huh. That's what I said. Um, and I don't remember the third one. I thought it was the ref, the Hudsucker proxy, and... Huxtable Delight. That's... Definitely not the Huxtable Delight. You <laughs> are silly. And by the way, we're definitely not shitting on um, Gen X movies, because, I mean, Rally Bites. I- I'm just gonna... I, I want that. I feel like I have it. Like, I'm gonna... <laughs> no, you do, too. I'm gonna go through my movies, because I actually... We're not shitting on them. We have a podcast where we talk about literal Gen X stuff. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to, like, I'm just personally going to call a lot of these things as I see them. Because once we get closer into, the, like, 96, 97, 98, I am going to, you know, when feel a little We were watching this, I, and I probably saw this in, like, 96, right? Like, I'm sure I didn't watch it when it first came out. I didn't care when I was 12. But when we were watching this, I felt, like, nostalgia in my guts. Like, I was like, I just want to be young again. Like, I just feel that sometimes with this stuff. And it's getting stronger because the stuff that we're consuming is getting closer to that eight. Like, Mm -hmm. I was probably consuming when I was, like, 16 through 20. Mm -hmm. So I'm really starting to feel like it makes me feel a certain way. So if it seems like we're shitting on it, that's not true. And if it seems like I was shitting on bull riders, that's not really true either. I just feel bad for the bulls. I mean, listen, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this and, and you're thinking about something you want to watch, try to connect to your parents, go go watch that movie because it's definitely your parents, right? What? I mean, I guess if you're 20, but like... Yeah, 20 or 30. What I if mean, you're it's, it's like our people. age and you're listening to this and it's not your Then parents. you're going to watch it for the nostalgia feels. Yeah, it's true. And if you're, you know, if you're 60 or 70 and you're an ex-bull rider listening to this... Because you kept going, because you're like, I really, I tuned in because I wanted to hear the eight seconds talk. I mean, at that point, you might have seen this on TV at some point and been like, I don't understand these kids. These these kids I need just, to get a job. How many big gulps did we see? How many? Like, I just, oh man. Big gulps when, when big gulps were forty four ounces too. They were forty four ounces because that's what they were saying. They're like, oh, it's like forty four ounces, thirty ounces. I've legit. recently seen a meme too that was like. A picture from this movie. Maybe it's the cover. It's just like Winona Ryder in between Ethan Hawke and Ben Stiller. And it's just something like about... I don't remember what the meme said. But the whole gist of the meme was just that you do everything right and she's still going to pick the wrong guy. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And then we watched it and I'm like, no. I don't think she did pick the wrong guy. Because I think that you got to pick with your heart, right? No, she definitely picked the wrong guy. But she loves Troy and Troy loves her and they're friends and they're more on the same level where I feel like honestly Ben Stiller's character could do better find someone that's you know a little bit more mature and I don't know I, I feel like Ben Stiller's character in an alternate universe they did work out and he helped to ground her a little bit and they had a great life and she helped to bring out the fun in him that he wasn't seeing that existed and at the same time I also see like Ethan Hawke and her uh, having a kid and being divorced very quickly, and then you're watching some mid two thousands movie about you know oh, the shit. dad that won't grow up, right? And uh, I mean, hey, who knows? May- maybe those two crazy kids. Made in my it out heart, it works out. It works out in my heart. Three movies we were talking about: the paper, the paper, the ref, and the Hudsucker proxy. So I'm going to randomly randomize them, and I want you to pick a number between one and three. Two. That is the paper. So we're going to watch the paper. But the, the face you made, we're going to watch the ref. <laughs> no, we can watch the paper. No, we'll watch the ref. Now, both of these, you know, normally we do the guessing game. We kind of have an idea about what they are. I'll tell you what, we're not watching the paper, I guess, is, you know, a bunch of different people that work in a newspaper. And so there's let's like watch a murder it. that's there. No, I'm not. I, no, we're going to watch the ref. It's fine. Because I want to see the ref again because Dennis Leary is also somebody that is a big time comic in the 90s who's having a lot of moments right now, right? We talked about listening to his comedy album. He's going to have this. I think he has a, a couple other different movies. He was just in another movie that I just talked about. Oh, we do have now. a Kevin Spacey. The so, Kevin Spacey Kevin Spacey issue. Whatever. I mean, I think it's time you just kind of watch a movie and, you know, watch a movie for some of the other people that are in it too and not cancel the movie. I mean, Seven still exists. Um, oh, yeah. We're not going to ever cancel Seven. And Four Weddings and a Funeral. That's like a Hugh Grant movie. And Hugh Grant is is another 90s guy. 
that this is his decade. Yo, he's out so there. he's in both movies that we're going to watch. Who, Hugh Grant? Yeah. He's in the ref too? Oh, wait, no. You're talking for... He was, he's in the paper, I think. Oh, no, he's not. He's in an... I'm sorry. Pretend I never said anything. He's in another movie that we didn't even talk about that came out in March. What movie? I don't remember, but I saw it on Wikipedia. Okay. So, like, just pretend I didn't say anything. I think it's fine. Anything else you want to get into? Also, like, isn't he a real dick? You know, I'm going to go ahead and say this. He was very mean to Ashley Graham at the the Oscars. Are they the Oscars? Whatever it was. I'm going to go ahead and say this. I, as a person, especially at this age and this this place, I'm not trying to hurl um, statements about people from different cultures like that. Different cultures. No, because I think like part I know of the, he's British. I get but it. But I think yeah. part of his thing is like he's like very dry witted and British. So I have no idea. He could be a dick. I mean, he did fucked up shit in the nineties. That I know. He did. I do like him. I really. I mean, Love Actually, my favorite rom com of all I time. I feel like there was some sort of thing with him with like prostitutes and like. Yeah, he. I guess he fancied them. Yeah. Which is probably how you would say it in England. Yeah. Right. See, there was a lot of things with him. You know, something about milk and and. What? No. Nope. Then he was on a Got Milk ad. It's a whole thing. No. Yeah. What? We'll have to look into all this. I don't want to like, I'm not going to kink shame, but like. I don't know. Being on a milk ad. Oh yeah. No, he was definitely on the Got Milk ad. That like. That's, that's good stuff right there actually. That's good stuff. Ah. (laughs) Are you looking it up? I'm just trying to show it to you. Like, cause I feel like it was like, I feel like he was on like a Got Milk ad. Maybe I'm wrong. I am. Um, you remember that? You remember the Got Milk ad? That was <laughs> like the ones in the magazines with like the milk mustaches. Mm-hmm. We need to actually do. You know what really sucks? You know what really grinds my gears? Is that what I was gonna say is we really need to talk about advertising and like do a special ads episode and feature the milk the Got Milk ads. But so it's March and there's five Fridays in March and we were going to take one of those Fridays and make a special episode of some sort. And every time we get a five Friday month, I feel like something happens. Like we got COVID and now we skipped a Friday. So we're going to use that Friday, you know? Yeah. I mean, I have, why did you have to do it? Why did you have to give us COVID? I don't know. I just did it. Yeah. I have, I have no clue about two grand and, uh, yeah, smoke. it's all good. I just I don't need to know thing. about his. Uh... It's definitely not a thing. We just yeah. created it. Yeah. So we just started a rumor. Yeah. Imagine. Are you ready for this trivial pursuit? For this trivial pursuit, roll the dice, Jen. Give yourself so a shot. So let's just let's let people know we're playing a '90s trivial pursuit, and uh, you have one pie piece, and I have, I have zero. Two. What are you talking about? No, you don't. I thought I had two. Hmm. Uh, no. All right. Roll the dice. Put me on that piece. Orange piece of the pie, Jen. What fitting name was given to the first Goodyear tire to come with a lifetime tread warranty? Eternity? Eternal? Jen. Goody? The Infinitred. No, I was going to say Infinity, and then I said Eternal. Oh. 
Oh, man. I'm never going to get a pie piece. <laughs> oh, yeah. Green. We'll do green. Green Fittitrad Gen. That's, that's green, tough. Green. That, I mean, I f did you know that? No. But I feel like I had a good good guess. It was good. Oh. I've given you this question. We're going to go on to the next card. Got it. Okay, that's fair. Because that's a question you probably still don't know. Um... What brothers were inspired to kill their parents after watching the Billionaire Boys Club on TV? Menendez. Yes, this wants you to know their first names, but we're going to give you that. Uh, roll again. Oh, this one? No, the other one. I had six. The one I was at before. Okay. Ah, go back to green. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Okay. Green is, by the way, important. Headlines. Uh, when quoted Neil Young, who quoted Neil Young in his suicide note, it's better to burn out than to fade away. That Mr. Cobain? Yeah. You got to give me the year, too. Come I'm on. sorry. I realized I was actually going to, but you knew it. It's not, It was 94. Roll again. Oh, my goodness. Yellow. And Yellow what, is wired. What's the year? 94. We're going to go off the same card. What legendary hacker was taken down after he broke into physicists? Oh, God. So, Tsutomu Shitsumura's computer on Christmas 1994. Do you, do you want me to give you another one? Because I don't know how to pronounce his name. Anonymous. No. Kevin Mitnick. Okay. Kevin Mitnick. Kevin. Shout out, Kevin. What's up, Kev? Guys, that has been it for the month of February. We will be back next week. So not not a double episode, but we'll be back next week to go over the beginning of some March music. I'm excited. Are you excited, Jen? Yeah, I don't even know what's on. Uh, I don't remember what the March music's going to be. So I am excited. I like music. Social media, we are at BLC underscore pod on the Xbox. We are at Becky left the chat at gmail.com, which I'm actually going to, by the time we record the next one, get a new email. Okay, that's a good idea. Just make it easier. But what about the Instagram? I mean, it's an email that exists. We could still use Becky left the chat. The Instagram is BLC mixtapes. Um, that's what we are. Guys, it's always fun. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.